Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. No arrests for the protesters who blocked the Durham Highway for hours. Why the police chief is defending her team despite criticism from lawmakers. Then a local family mourning the death of a teacher killed in a crash. Only on WRAL, how her husband and daughter says she made a difference in her community. Winter temperatures are on the way out. I'm tracking a weekend warm-up. Who could see highs in the 80s and when? The fallout continues this evening, 24 hours after protesters blocked the Durham Freeway during rush hour. That major highway shut down for hours throughout the entirety of this newscast last night. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ashley Rowe. And I'm Chris Lovingood. Tonight, state Republican lawmakers are condemning the protesters, but also the police response. Durham's police chief says she stands by her officers. Here's WRL's Eric Miller. The traffic stretched for miles here on Highway 147, right next to downtown Durham yesterday. Those protesters galvanizing a response from state leaders, just not the ones they were hoping to hear from. The condemnations have been harsh. Republican State House Leader Tim Moore writing in a statement that he, quote, unequivocally condemns the protest and slamming DPD's response. State Senate Leader Phil Berger agreed, calling it, quote, an abject failure of the most basic function of government. The comments come after protesters from Jewish Voice for Peace, a pro-Palestinian group, blocked the Durham Freeway for nearly three hours Thursday. The group calling on congressional leaders to support a ceasefire in Gaza. The protest was declared illegal and arrests were threatened, but ultimately no one was taken into custody. In her own statement, Durham's police chief, Patrice Andrews, said she was proud of her officers, writing, We did not and will not prioritize haste over safety and will always avoid taking haphazard or reckless action that would have placed officers, motorists, bystanders, and protesters in danger. There are many cities that do charge the protesters. Um, Durham tends not to. Defense attorney Daniel Meyer says because the protesters remain nonviolent, at most they could have faced misdemeanor charges disorderly conduct, impeding traffic, or failure to disperse. This isn't the first time protesters have blocked the Durham Freeway. In 2020, following the death of George Floyd, a group blocked the highway near Alston Avenue. No one was arrested then either. And those protesters are continuing to try to push their message out there this evening. There'll be another rally tomorrow at CCB Plaza, again calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. In Durham, Eric Miller, WRAL News. Several students were inside a Wake County school's transportation van when someone shot at it. This unfolded at Walnut Trace Apartments in southeast Raleigh Monday morning. Five students from South Garner were inside when someone opened fire at the van. Other cars and buildings in the parking lot were also hit by gunfire. Luckily, no one was hurt. WRAL spoke with a mom whose two teen girls were in that van. I started thinking the Lord that my children was okay. Because the way that that van looked, it was supposed to be some fatalities. 
Camilla's daughters have been out of school all week long. Raleigh police have not made any arrests. Tonight, a Harnett County educator killed in a crash on her way to work is being remembered by her family and students. Wendy Vance dedicated 15 years in Harnett County schools before her tragic death. WRL's Aaron Thomas spoke with Wendy Vance's husband and daughter. He's now live outside Harnett Central High School, where Wendy taught English. Such a tough time for that community, Aaron. Yeah, most certainly, and a lot of people are really feeling this tragic loss. This is the school where Wendy Vance taught for about seven years. We're getting tributes from her family, her colleagues, her former and current students as they learn about this loss. Now, we today learn um, the details, the circumstances of the crash that she was in from State Highway Patrol. Uh, they say that at around 6.15 Thursday morning, she drove on Tingen Road near Highway 27 in the town of Broadway when she attempted to pass a box truck in a no passing zone then hit a passenger vehicle head-on in the opposite lane. Her vehicle spun out of control and she was rear-ended by that box truck she tried to pass. Sadly, Vance died from her injuries. This evening, we spoke with Wendy's husband of 31 years, Scott Vance, and her daughter, that was Emily Vance, both reflecting on the impact that Wendy had not only as a loving wife and mother, but a dedicated educator and coach. She's taught thousands of students and mentored many uh, teachers, you know, out there as far as when they were getting their start. Um, she coached for several years, you know, uh, with uh, Overhills High School, uh, even though she finished her last uh, seven years there at uh, Harnett Central. And it's here at Harnett Central where school district leaders say that they have had counselors and additional staff for anyone who needed them. Uh, on our late news beginning at 10 on Fox 50, we continue our conversation with uh, Wendy Vance's family as they continue to move forward. Chris? Hope they find solace in this very difficult time. Aaron Thomas Live. Thank you, Aaron. New information tonight about a UNC Chapel Hill student who overdosed and died on Duke's campus, as well as the dealer who supplied those drugs. The young woman's parents say they're not getting the justice they deserve. WRAL's Gerald Owens is here with an update on a story we first told you about last month. Gerald? Ashley Gracie Burton died back in March, two days after overdosing while visiting a student at Duke. The autopsy listed cocaine and alcohol as contributing factors in her death. Today, WRAL received an updated autopsy that added fentanyl to that deadly cocktail. The student she was with, Patrick Rowland, seen here in the gray jacket, is charged with a federal drug crime. The alleged dealer, Cy Frazier, and his girlfriend face a slew of federal drug charges, including causing the overdose death of a Raleigh man also in March. Burden's parents are frustrated that Frazier and his girlfriend are not being charged in their daughter's death. We checked federal court records today and there are no additional charges. However, we did see that Frazier was going to plead guilty to one count of cocaine and fentanyl distribution, which resulted in death. In the plea agreement, the court wrote, Frazier must pay restitution to the victims and lists Burton's initials. Since Burton died, the law only allows her family to recoup funeral-related expenses. Ashley. Gerald, this is just such a sad story. Thank you. Several road closures begin in Raleigh this weekend for the I-440 and Blue Ridge Road improvement projects. Some closures will last for two weeks. Let me walk you through them. Let's start with the maps, right? Starting at 9 p.m. Sunday, the ramp from Western Boulevard to I-440 West and the ramp from I-440 West to Melbourne Road will close. Now, two hours later, I-440 West closes from Western Boulevard to Walnut Street. 
Now, when I-44 440 West reopens Monday morning, it'll be in a new alignment with new ramps from Western Boulevard to the Crossroads Shopping Center area. Now, for those two-week closures, the ramp from I-440 West to Hillsborough Street will close. Traffic headed from Wade Avenue onto I-440 West will shift to a new ramp and regain access to Hillsborough Street about November 15th-ish. Drivers on I-440 West head ahead of Wade Avenue will regain access to Hillsborough Street by way of a temporary exit once the two-week closure ends. Now, finally, Hillsborough Street is set to close again in front of the fairgrounds. That's so crews can conduct water line work in preparation for an upcoming rail line shift. Drivers should pay close attention to the detour signs and be cautious while driving through the work zone and allow extra time for those detours. Major economic development news for the Triangle. Virginia-based pharmaceutical company Indivior is expanding its footprint into Raleigh. Here's a reference point as to where this company will be located. It's at 8900 Capitol Boulevard. Indivior is investing $60 million and adding 35 jobs to this North Raleigh facility. Wake County officials say the expansion of this life science facility will retain and create new jobs in one of the, count the county targeted growth areas. What should be in this alley? The city of Raleigh wants to hear what you think it should do with the space. This is in the warehouse district. You're invited to come by, share your thoughts until 9 tonight. There will be snacks and games. Some people commented their thoughts on Facebook, suggesting maybe a mural or food trucks. Others say just let the space be as it is. A record number of pet owners are surrendering their dogs as the Wake County Animal Center is forced to stay closed. How local shelters are stepping up and how you can help. Kat? And we're keeping a close eye on the weekend forecast. Of course, it's going to feel like we're changing seasons just in the course of a day. I'll have a more in-depth look at your weekend planner coming up. Animal shelter is closed at least until the end of the month. It's forced local animal rescues to fill the gaps for all kinds of animal services, especially surrenders. Ready? Rescues often take dogs with medical or behavioral issues from shelters, and these are dogs that are usually hard to place. They can pull full shelters, pull from them, and they can also accept owner surrenders. Several local rescues say they have never seen so many owner surrenders and owners giving their dogs away for free on social media. And with the shelter closed for several more weeks, well, the outlook is bleak. It's going to lead to a lot of dog deaths, um, especially with the cold weather out there with people just dumping their dogs outside. Um, it makes it really hard for dogs to find shelter or food. Rescues say they need more people to step up and foster so they can save more dogs. If you're interested in fostering, you can check out our website, WRL.com, how you can do that. From Oxford to Henderson, health leaders are talking about filling the gaps in health care. CDC Director, former North Carolina Health Secretary, Dr. Mandy Cohen, stopped in North Carolina today. Destiny Patterson explains their priorities. Health leaders say that they want to fix what they're calling a broken system, and a large piece of that is affordability. Being able to afford your medications and keeping them at a reasonable price, especially in rural areas. Tamara Imperiali says she had to open a credit card just to get the medication her family needed. 
when I went to the pharmacy, they said insurance doesn't cover it. And it was $350 for the six pills. A federal report found that out-of-pocket costs for prescription medications have been rising faster than inflation or health spending overall. Sometimes you have to make a choice, and a lot of times people will choose housing over medical. At the end of the day, our patients are suffering. As part of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, insulin prices are capped and certain vaccines are covered. Plus, Medicare is now allowed to negotiate better prices for prescription drugs. That program is faced with several lawsuits. The state is also expanding Medicaid starting next month. I think Medicaid expansion is particularly important for rural communities. That is where we see more folks who are currently uninsured. Imperiale says things are looking up for her family. Now when I go to the pharmacy, whether it be for myself or my husband, I can actually breathe. The Medicare drug negotiation program is faced with several lawsuits by drug companies. Healthcare leaders here say they plan to continue to fight against those lawsuits. Dr. Cohen says these investments, particularly Medicaid, will help with both affordability and overall health in the state. Destiny Patterson, WRL News, Vance County. And health leaders also stopped in Granville County, where the federal government is investing a million dollars in the Granville Vance Health Department over four years. Despite many U.S. consumers struggling financially, experts believe we'll still hit a record high in holiday spending. The National Retail Federation projects sales this month and next will rise 3 to 4 percent from last year. Now, that means sales in these next two months would be between 957 and 966 billion dollars. That is the highest on record. That group says that the rise would still be at a slower pace than expected, though. UPS is hosting another in-person hiring event in Raleigh tomorrow. The company hopes to hire roughly 3,000 seasonal employees across the state. Tomorrow's event runs from 10 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the UPS facility on Atlantic Avenue in Raleigh. Available jobs include warehouse workers, driver helpers, and seasonal support drivers. A principal in Durham is receiving national recognition for her work. Asia Cunningham is the principal of Pearsontown Elementary. Today, she was presented with the Nation Milken Educator Award at a schoolwide assembly. The award honors outstanding educators across the country for their innovation. Along with the reward, Cunningham was given a cash prize of $25,000. Congratulations. I was shocked, you know, to be seen um, and to know that I was being recognized, right, amongst all the educators that are in our state and in the building that I was being selected. And so it was more of a, like, wow moment for me. Wow. Well, congratulations. We're so happy for you. Cunningham, also active in the community in her free time. She mentors aspiring principals. Just a little reminder to set those clocks back one hour this weekend. On Sunday morning, we fall back, marking the end of daylight saving time. This time change started in the U.S. back in 1918 to take advantage of extra daylight. Hawaii and Arizona, though, do not participate in changing their clocks. And just for a moment, I want you to look right here. This is White Lake. Just soak it all in because around this time, 7 o'clock, Beginning after Sunday, it's going to look a lot different. We've got meteorologist Kat Campbell letting you know what the forecast is going to be because it's going to look a little different from tonight, too. Yes, it is. By the time we get to the end of the weekend, not so chilly outside. Tonight, 32 is our low. We expect to reach that right around sunrise tomorrow morning, running about 10 degrees below normal. Sunday, we're at 41 near normal by Monday. As we get into Wednesday, though, our low temperature is only 52 
And just wait till you see the high temperatures as we get into the middle of next week. We're going to be flirting with 80 degree highs. For the weekend, though, 71 Saturday, 72 Sunday. The key, though, with those chilly mornings, you'll need to be dressing in layers because it's not going to be in the 70s all day long. It's one of those days tomorrow where temperatures pretty much double from the morning to the afternoon. We'll see temperatures in the 30s still at 8 a.m. by noon, 59, upper 60s to lower 70s through the afternoon, and then we cool into the 50s as we head into tomorrow evening. Great weather for the Fayetteville Veterans Day Parade tomorrow, 8 a.m., 37 degrees in Fayetteville by 10 a.m., 48. A bright blue sky, no rain to dodge out there. It should be a beautiful day. And then on Sunday, still cool enough for good running weather, I think, uh, early on, 7 a.m., 42 partly cloudy skies, a lot of upper-level clouds in the area on Sunday. Those are those thinner clouds, but they may try to thicken up a bit throughout the day. By 11 a.m., we're at 59, and by 1 o'clock, 66 degrees. Looks like nice running weather overall. Your weekend warm-up town by town, upper 60s to lower 70s on Saturday. And if we look ahead to Sunday, we could be closer to the mid-70s in Fayetteville. 74 degrees there, 72 in Raleigh, 73 in Southern Pines, and 71 in Rocky Mount. Now check out the Durham Bulls uh, ballpark tonight. The Athletic Park looking good. This is all lit up. A preview of Wooly Bulls Winter Wonderland. Looking nice. Just 19 days left. The Raleigh Christmas Parade just 15 days away. And the WRAL Tower Lighting 26 days away. All of these events happening this month during November. Current temperature outside is 51, a dew point of 33. This temperatures continue to cool down tonight. And for Football Friday on the bleachers this evening, by 9 o'clock we're at 49 degrees. And by 10 o'clock, just 46 degrees. A clear sky expected. At least we're not dealing with any rain out there for the football players like a couple of weeks ago. Don't forget clocks fall back this weekend. As Chris had mentioned, you'll also want to change the batteries and your smoke detectors or carbon monoxide alarms as well. Temperatures stay in the low 70s for highs through Monday and then we begin to see a ridge of high pressure try to build in toward the middle of next week and with that our low temperatures warm into the 50s. High temperatures warm into the upper 70s to lower 80s and just a 20% chance for rain coming next Thursday. That is it in terms of rain chance. A lot of us are really going to need that rain, though. Over half the state now under moderate or severe drought. The good news is, is that long range with the El Nino expected, I mm. think that we won't be in the drought for long. Oh, that's good to hear. All right. Thanks, Kat. There is a new giant playground opening in Apex and with it, a giant park to match. We'll give you a little sneak peek before the grand opening tomorrow after the break. And as we head to break, here's a live look at Apex tonight. It is, there's a lot of people going around there and walking downtown. It's such a beautiful, beautiful evening we have. WRL News at 7 o'clock is back in just a minute. A new massive park. This looks awesome. Uh, it's opening in Apex tomorrow. Families cannot wait. I mean, it's huge. Pleasant Park is a 92-acre park off Pleasant Plains Road. It features, right there, a 35-foot-tall slide and a 1.5-acre playground. It's called the Enchanted Forest and has some inclusive play villages there, too. You can check out six multi-purpose fields, tennis, pickleball, and basketball courts. A splash pad will open in the spring. 
The park will be open daily from 6.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. A ribbon cutting will be held at 10 a.m. tomorrow. I'm glad to see there's a pickleball court because mm -hmm. that is just blowing up oh, it's such in a fun, popularity. Fun yeah, yeah. We have quite a few impressive playgrounds in the Triangle, if you didn't know. Our online team has assembled a list to help you find them and details on three more that are under construction right now. It's all part of this story. Just go over to WRAL.com. Hey, outdoor skating returns to Carrie's Fenton community this weekend. Yeah, let's get you a live look right now. This is the rink right at this moment. It's surrounded by shops, entertainment, and some holiday flair. The outdoor rink opens Sunday and will stay open through February 5th. Tickets are less than 20 bucks for 75 minutes of skating, including your skates. We are weeks away from Wooly Winter's Winter, Wooly Bulls Winter Wonderland debut at the D-Pad. I keep getting tongue-tied on that. But look at the lights, it's coming together. Here's a live look. You can see the transformation is underway. The igloos will be 100% installed by the end of the week. They're Will be, they were really a hit at the Night of Lights. Tickets going fast for some attractions here, like the Bulls Express train, especially on weekends. Woolies Winter Wonderland kicks off November 22nd, so go to durhambulls.com to buy tickets. You know, I don't know how you feel about Bigfoot, <laughs> but there might be a few sightings in Lee County this weekend. The 2023 Bigfoot Conference gets underway tomorrow at the old Cumnock Fire Station. It runs from 2 to 6 p.m. There will be food and vendors on site and a bonfire from 6 to 8 p.m. But I want to know, are we going to see Bigfoot? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be the year, you think? Maybe. I once went to a Bigfoot museum. Truly. What was that? You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a vibe. It's a culture. <laughs> it existed. <laughs> the Cumberland County Veterans Day Parade is happening tomorrow in Fayetteville. It starts at 10 a.m. It runs along Hay Street in downtown. WRL's Gilbert Bays will be the MC. WRL, proud community partner of the event. If you can't make it, you can watch the parade live on WRAL.com. And hey, on Sunday, runners will gather in downtown Raleigh for the 17th annual City of Oaks Marathon. The WRL is a proud partner, and our very own Jeff Hogan and Allie Ingersoll are MCs this year. There are a number of road closures you will want to know about for Sunday's race, and you can find all those details at WRL.com. All right, the world's largest exhibit of Bob Ross paintings is on display in Rocky Mount. I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, but I love Bob Ross. Fantastic little paintings open last night with more than 75 paintings. The Dunn Center of the Performing Arts at uh, North Carolina Wesleyan University renovated its art galleries to host this event. Tickets are available online. I guess I'm, I know what I'm doing when I get offset. Funds raised from ticket sales will go directly toward bringing future artists to the galleries at the Dunn Center. The happy little trees will be there through January 4th. And Bob Ross will say, thank you for making WREL your choice for local news. <laughs> Good night, have a great weekend. Keep watching WREL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.